Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking Madonna versus Munger, rich renters, and empty promises of passive income. So the Madonna v. Munger, part of our story, part of our episode, makes me think of, is, was it Deathmatch? Celebrity Deathmatch. Okay, okay. From you MT- knew exactly where MTV, I was going to be. Claymation. <laughs> the claymation, where they take two celebrities and it's just ridiculous. Honestly, I would watch that. Those two going at it. <laughs> I feel like Madonna's kind of been more in the news lately. Oh, we talked about, um, what was the uh, Al Yankovic story? Weird. Just called Weird. Weird the is movie. the name of the movie. but uh, Streaming for free on Roku. A little biopic, uh, and she was certainly featured in that. <laughs> <laughs> Not accurately, but we will actually talk about Madonna, though, and her involvement in crypto. By the way, we're not movie reviewers or anything, but that was, no, no. That was a good one worth watching. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, he did a surprisingly hilarious and good job yeah. uh, playing Weird Al. But uh, real quick, let's give a, a quick plug for Missing Money. Com. Again, this is the website where you go and punch in your name, your state, and it'll let you know if there are these assets out there floating around waiting for you to claim them. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned it recently in the newsletter. Listener Hayden, he found $167 for his wife, specifically under her maiden name uh, from a, a long lost PayPal account. And I wanted to mention this because I never, I never thought to search my wife's maiden name. Yeah. Oh, did and, you find great riches well, waiting for her? I immediately had visions in my head of like <laughs> just vast sums of money out there again, just floating around, just waiting for me to pounce. 
but alas, there was there's no pot of gold oh, at the end, end of that rainbow. But for all those out there who have had a name change recently, don't forget yep. about that old name. Uh, look that up as well. For sure. $167 found money. It's like, boom. Yeah, that's not nothing. That's big time. Yeah, if you saw $167 on the sidewalk, I guarantee you would pick it up. Yeah, but then you would turn it in because it was probably somebody else's. If it was just cash, <laughs> yeah. How do you? Uh, have we talked about that? I before? would try to locate the person if I could, but I don't know what you do think, if you can't. I've multiple times found twenty dollar bills, uh, like at a gas station on the ground. Uh, once I'm walking into a grocery store, I saw twenty bucks lying there before, and. I mean, you can stand there for a second and kind of look around and, you know, because I would hate to just pick it up and immediately walk off with it because that would that feels a little more like you stole it from them. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, man, I I feel like cash, you know, cash money that you find on the on the street. Fair game. Okay. Yeah, I'm, you're probably right. But I think it's just important. Let's mention the, the website oh, again, yeah. missingmoney.com, because this is you're not... You're more likely going to be able to find money there than at yes. your local gas station. Well, and you're not stealing from anyone in that case, <laughs> <laughs> or potentially stealing, because this is you're your... You're not stealing money if you pick up cash off of the ground. You might be right. Unless, oh, you know, old lady walks up to you and just, I lost $50. Have you seen it? And you're just like putting $50 and in you're your like, pocket. Nope. And you're like, no. That would not be This cool. is now my $50. Yes. Not well, cool. But this is actually your money just from, yeah, something like a a, a long lost PayPal account or maybe money from an insurance company that you never claimed maybe something like a that settlement yeah, yeah. That, that never got paid out so these are it's worth at least plugging it in and maybe like I don't know uh, see if you can if you want to be super noble help your friends find missing money too by plugging in their information but yeah uh, Matt let's move on let's get to the Friday flight would you charge them a finder's fee no <laughs> you just do it out of the goodness sure. of your heart Joel's just like uh, by the way I can get you this money for a very small fee <laughs> you want the 500 bucks you're owed I need 10%, right? That's fine to see. Uh, well, let's get to the Friday flight uh, articles we found interesting this week. And Matt, let's start off by talking about the Super Bowl for a second. The matchup is set. The Chiefs versus the Eagles. Okay. I'd I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not nearly as into sports as I used to be. And so I watched a very small amount of the Chiefs, uh, the ending of the Chiefs game because my father-in-law, he's a big fan. So he's very excited about this. And I will, I guess, root for the Chiefs uh, to in order to make him happy. But There you go. Always good to do with your father-in-law. Yeah, but our, our, our listeners, they might see something floating around this week about the Super Bowl indicator. And uh, let's talk about what this is because it has implications for how you might choose to invest. And the thing is, this thing is completely non-scientific, but let's (laughs) mention what it is. It basically says that if an AFC team wins the Super Bowl, the stock market will decline this year. So that means if the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl, the stock market would not do so hot in 2023. But if an NFC team, the Eagles, wins, then stocks are going to rise. And I don't know. Sounds kind of like Groundhog Day, Matt, which happened yeah, this week yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, where it's like random uh, furry creatures. Uh, are they going to see their shadow or not? And I think, um, yeah, Punxsutawney Phil's prediction status is not all that great, uh, depending on who you uh, believe. It's somewhere between thirty-nine and sixty percent. But it, so, so he's right half the time, right? Yeah. And this Super Bowl <laughs> indicator thing is one of those unscientific things. It might be fun to point uh, point to and joke about, but of course, don't make any decisions with your money based on a game like if the eagles win don't pour all your money into stocks and vice versa right and so long-term investors we don't care about these types of statistical shenanigans we don't care again it might be fun to think about but i wouldn't put any more weight in that than you would the puppy bowl yeah Uh, do they still do the puppy bowl where they they have like a little puppy dog race whatever uh actually so like your jam (laughs) i'd I'd rather watch that probably than the the actual (laughs) super bowl but uh while we're talking about football uh another listener reached out to us anthony he sent us an article about four former wide receiver Chad Ochocinco. 
Uh, Formerly Chad Johnson. He changed his name. To Ocho Cinco, yeah, uh, number 85. So he, he seems to be one of the few frugal NFL players out there. Although we did have a friend of the show, Brandon Copeland. He, he came on the, the podcast. He deserves a little shout out he as well. Like 90% of his income. He definitely fits in with Chad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet they'd be pals. Uh, but Chad said uh, in a recent article that he had an 83% savings rate uh, and that he chose to, to wear fake jewelry. He chose to, to fly commercial despite the millions that he was making. He actually said that he was happy with a window seat on a spirit flight. (laughs) But one of the quotes, one of his quotes uh, from that piece was that everybody is caught up in the image and looking a certain way and being rich. It's pointless. And we we felt that that was worth mentioning because we could not agree more. Although... I feel like it's a little conflicting because he says it's pointless, but then he's wearing the fake jewelry. So maybe he's just cheap. Hey, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> go, go, you want to go for the look a little bit, but simultaneously, you don't need to spend mil- Go Go with the lab-grown, lab-grown diamonds or the cubic zirconia as opposed That's to right. the actual diamonds. I, wear, I want to watch, but my watch costs $50 and not yeah. 500 right? Yeah. So I, I like it. And I think that there's something that we can learn from a dude like Chad Ochocinco who's like, yeah, screw the appearances, what everyone else is doing. I'm going to do it my own way and make sure that that I've got financial freedom, especially in you know an industry like the NFL, where a lot of players only last for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Chad had a longer career than that and made over fifty million dollars, I think, in the NFL. But the mm-hmm. fact that he held on to eighty three percent of that—that's the power play. Phenomenal. There. Yeah, yeah, and that's well. What's crazy is that. He didn't need to save 83%. Sure. Like he could have just set aside 2% mm-hmm. <laughs> of his income. Or even if he just 10, it's right? still and been a millionaire yes, as long completely. as he had that invested uh, in you know widely diversified low-cost index fund. But the fact is, most of us aren't in that situation. Mm-hmm. And we would encourage you somewhere more than 2%, but maybe not quite yeah. 83%. But hey, if you're hitting that... 83% more power to you. All right, let's keep talking about sports ball-ish related stuff for just a second, Matt. But this one, let, we'll kind of pivot a little bit towards cryptocurrency because it, it seems like almost yesterday that everyone was captivated by Matt Damon's and just like uh, the, what was his, his was fortune favors the brave, right? His mm-hmm. commercial or the Larry David. Seems just like yesterday. Was Larry David's was an FTX commercial, I think. Was it really? I think so. I forget. And now FTX, <laughs> we see what's happened since then. But this was a year ago, right? This was last Super Bowl. Well, in the Larry David one, he wasn't he actually making fun of it? Kind like of, in, yeah. in the commercial. Yeah. When so. you go back and look at it, it's like ironic <laughs> to the point of like just completely real. So I wonder real, if he actually, he actually kind of feels good about it because he's like, like I said in the commercial, yeah. uh, wouldn't trust it. Yeah, you should have not looked past what I was saying and just listened to what I was saying on the surface. And he still got paid. Right, he did. <laughs> well, on that note, should celebrities be held responsible for the crypto oh. endorsements that they made? Because prominent endorsers of different crypto sites and coins are being named as defendants in recent lawsuits. And uh, honestly, the the celebrity crypto craze was tough to watch, right? And the courts are going to decide if these individuals will face legal ramifications for their involvement in some of these potential schemes. Some folks, Matt, we've talked about this on the show, like Kim Kardashian, they've already had to pay fines for not disclosing the specifics of their financial interest in specific coins and companies. The same thing's happening to Madonna right now. But if there are laws, I think, that were clearly broken then whoever broke those laws should be held accountable and there shouldn't be any free passes just because someone is a celebrity. I hope that should go without saying, but that's that's how I feel. That's right. But that raises another problem, another question as well, uh, because the SEC, they haven't made entirely clear which digital assets are governed by what rules, right? And so, you know, like we're all familiar with crypto. It's been around for a minute. It's It's been around for years now. It still feels like the Wild West. So we would recommend for folks to proceed with caution if you are considering investing in crypto. Uh, and keep in mind, celebrities, they're, they're typically great actors. So 
don't take their endorsements. <laughs> don't uh, take their tweets or their videos as a sign that you should also be investing in what it is that they're pitching. Uh, and by the way, I feel like it's worth revisiting crypto and specifically uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum because they've been surging in recent weeks after a pretty lengthy period of losses. And we don't really care because our exposure is incredibly minimal. It's limited to cryptocurrencies. Uh, but one thing worth noting is that you can now invest in Bitcoin via different ETFs out there inside your retirement account. And what could go wrong? Well, as we have seen over the past year, pretty much everything can go <laughs> wrong. And not only is uh, that particular ETF trading at a much lower valuation to the actual value of Bitcoin, but the 2% annual fee uh, adds salt to the wound, right? It adds insult to injury. And there are other ETFs out there as well, but even those are, they still have expense ratios around 1%, which is more than we would like to see you paying. Again, if you want to invest in crypto, do it with no more than 5% of your overall investment dollars. And here's the Madonna versus Munger part. Charlie Munger, he actually calls for cryptocurrencies to be banned in the U.S. Joel, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you agree with Charlie's take, or well, first do off, you disagree? Let me mention Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett—they're best friends and business partners, right? And so, and Charlie Munger is 99 years old and still whip smart. I hope to be that smart when uh, when I'm his age, um, it, and I just hope to make it that long. But do would, I agree? Would you, would you rather be Munger or Buffett? Oh. If if that's you and me, they're both studs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll take either one. I'd, I'd probably, you. You know, Munger's a little crankier, um, and so that's probably going to be you. Let's be honest. You share your point. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I think okay. as far as his uh, his thoughts on so, on all out banning it. When because, he says that it should be banned, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't think I agree with him. Actually, yeah. I think I'd like to see actual regulations take place. But I, I I will say at the same time, I don't know that cryptocurrency is adding much value um, to our society in any real form or fashion. A lot of people have lost meaningful amounts of money. A lot of scams taking place in that space. A lot mm -hmm. of pump and dump. And some people are getting rich, but a lot of people are losing money in this space. And so, um, yeah, if it were to be banned, do I would I shed a bunch of tears? No, I wouldn't. But I still don't think that's probably the best way forward. I might shed a few tears only because I think it limits our ability to do whatever it is with our money that we are legally allowed to do. But then we wouldn't legally be allowed to do it. Well, exactly. Like everything he says about crypto, I pretty much agree with him as far as... He's called it, it rat it, poison. He's called it, he's said a bunch of bad things <laughs> As about far it. as it being so speculative. Like I get all of that. But simultaneously, does that mean that it should no longer be something that people are allowed to do? There's a lot of things that people can partake in in our society, in the U.S in particular, that's totally allowed. And I don't think that... Like sports gambling. But that's another thing right. where I lean towards maybe outright banning it too. So I, <laughs> we'd probably follow well, different yeah, types of spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why I... I guess when you're saying that I'm Munger, that I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa I want to distance myself a little bit from Munger. What's what's interesting in this piece in the the journal, he talks about. I mean, he talks about the, the Communist Party of China, and he point he like holds them up as oh, we should be more like China because they've all out banned it. But literally, it's in the name. It, like it's a communist government, and anything that is outside of their control, they don't want to see sure. grow. Uh, and so, I think there's a lot of things we would that be banning it for different reasons. We'd be sure. <laughs> we, but bottom line, do we agree with everything that crypto represents? No, but I personally don't think it should necessarily be banned. Yeah, yep. folks should have the option if they want to partake, they can. If they don't want to. Just skip it all together. All right. Well, let's just talk about reality for a second because it's not banned. And that was his proposal in the Wall Street Journal this week. Uh, agree or disagree, that's fine. But 
the truth is, even as Bitcoin's coming back, we might start to see more people interested. We might start to see more speculation. We might start to see more scam attempts in this space. So the advice, as always, from us, since you can take your hard-earned dollars, if you want, and stick them in that space, be very, very careful. Do mm-hmm. it with caution and don't do very much. That's right. All right, let's talk about housing for a second because with the, the sky-high cost of housing, Matt, uh, there was an article in Yahoo, um, which, interesting, I don't... I don't find the articles on Yahoo all that often, but this one randomly I found. And uh, even it said that even millionaires are choosing to rent these days instead of buy. And uh, stats show that high-income folks want to rent instead of buy at a much bigger clip. It's increased something like 84% in the last five years. And uh, I don't think this is a bad thing, though, right? Given our uh, country's cult of homeownership, many would say that's stupid. Like, if you have the money, you should be buying a house. This should be where you're investing your dollars. But... Of course, you and I, we don't agree with that common assertion. There are new stats from Realtor.com, which show that renting is still cheaper than monthly payments in 45 of the largest 50 cities in America. And that's not even factoring in how expensive it is to purchase, right, all the the acquisition costs of buying a home, the the fees that you pay to realtors, and uh, the closing costs. But then also on top of that, maintaining a house, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that's Mm -hmm. not cheap either. It's really expensive. And I think a lot of people, they say renting is throwing away money. That's not true. And if you want to know why we think that, you can go back to episode 476 and check that one out. But it's just important to note, if you're a renter, like don't despair. I think renting can be the savviest financial move for a lot of people if you're taking those extra dollars and you're funneling them into stock market-like investments. Sure. Yep. And there's also other benefits that come with owning. And so on the other side of the coin, you know, if you are in the market to buy a home, I think that's also fantastic. Just because renting is a solid choice for, for many folks out there doesn't mean that home ownership isn't a great choice for others, that it may not be a good choice for you. Uh, so much depends on your specific circumstances. Uh, but just be prepared to make offers and to, to make sure that you've saved enough money. A new survey by NerdWallet they find that most Americans are looking to spend somewhere in the $269,000 range on a home. But get this, the median home price is at $381,000. <laughs> these these numbers are not the same. Yeah, uh, there's not compute there's a, a quite a chasm here, and so just keep in mind there are always going to be trade offs when you're looking at homes, when you're looking to buy a home. Uh, but just make sure that you're not making uh, a trade off that that gets you maybe the home of your dreams, but then leaves you completely house poor where you're unable to prioritize other crucial financial goals. Yeah, there are some expenses where we can sort of work our way back or we can out earn certain decisions that we've made. But purchasing a home, a mortgage, I mean, like you're quite literally talking about the largest purchase you'll ever make. Yeah. And so this is this is one of those mistakes that you could make that has more zeros at the end of it than, you know, the the misstep that you made last month. Sure. Yeah, exactly. You bought two expensive pair of jeans, and you put it on BNPL. That's one mistake. But buying a house that makes your house poor for decades, that's another kind of mistake for sure. Exactly. And it, interestingly enough, Matt, you and I, we've talked about how kind of the housing slowdown, we didn't think it was going to be super long lasting. And we didn't think that the dip in prices was going to be massive. And uh, a tweet from our, our uh, friend, Mindy Jensen, who's been on the show before, she's a realtor and she works at Bigger Pockets. She said, is this spring going to be as hot as last spring in real estate? She said, I don't know. But in less than 24 hours, I already have 14 showings on my new listing. It's well-priced and looks great. But both those things help a lot. And it was just interesting to see her take as a realtor, like the spring selling season and buying season starts now really in February. That's right. And uh, real estate is certainly location dependent. I think some markets are going to be hotter than others are going to see bounce back more quickly. The markets that soared the highest, like 
Boise is probably not going to pop in the same way because it popped so hard over the last couple of years. But yeah, we've been saying for months that uh, that these predictions of a housing bust were overblown. And with rates edging back down below 6%, with limited supply and meaningful amounts of pent-up demand, people who still want to buy a home, I expect to see more action on in, in the housing market in the coming months. It'll be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out. That's right. We only think that the, the housing prices are going to continue to rise as there is an entire generation of folks who are still looking to buy that first home. Uh, but Joel, we've got other additional stories that we're going to get to right after the break, including one uh, we're going to discuss a strategy, a way in which you can reduce your car insurance premiums. We'll get to that plus others right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, let's keep going with the Friday flight. Matt, you're right. We have a story coming up in just a second about how you can cut your car insurance premiums mm -hmm. in half. There's like one number associated with that. We'll get to in a second. Ooh, Ooh yeah. Nice setup. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but let's get to our ludicrous headline of the week. This one comes from Bloomberg and it reads, even on $100,000 plus, more Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And when you dig into the numbers of this story, Matt, the, the stats show that a full 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And of course, that's like um, 
waterfall tear emojis coming out of my eyeballs when I read stuff like that. But let's talk about what the term means for a second. And, and basically, paycheck to paycheck, it means that most people rely completely, wholly on their next paycheck in order to pay bills and make ends meet. That if like on Friday, their you know bi-monthly paycheck is supposed to hit and it doesn't, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they'd be basically up the creek without a paddle. It's important to note that the majority of folks who claim to be living paycheck to paycheck are earning six figures. And that sounds like a really healthy income. But it's also true that because of the inflationary environment we're all living through, it's been even harder to save, that the wages haven't been keeping up with the pace of inflation. And so, yeah, despite difficulties, though, it's hard to imagine that two-thirds of Americans really find themselves in this position, even though that's what the data shows. Yeah, that's a a ton of folks. Um, It also, I think it highlights the fact that more money doesn't necessarily solve all of the world's problems, yeah. right? Like, I think there's a lot of folks, again, $100,000, it sounds like a like a lot of money. And I do think there probably are a f- number of folks out there who are hearing us talk about this and they're saying, no, uh, <laughs> earning six figures, earning 100000 that would completely change my life. Yeah. And while I totally get what you're saying, there are 64% of Americans... <laughs> who've said the exact same thing, but we continue to go, like we spend our money and we change the definition of what our needs and wants. We hop on that hedonic treadmill and we yeah. don't we don't look back. Well, and, uh, and, and some of that 100k plus salary depends on where you live. Like it goes further in some parts yep, of the country than others. So, definitely true. So I get the relative nature of it, but that that's still quite a high income no matter where you live, but even in New York City or Los Angeles, I would hope you'd be able to save a little bit of money uh, with an income that fat. And a long while back uh, in episode 73, we talked about how to escape that paycheck to paycheck life. It is not easy, but we feel that it is so important. Uh, we feel that it is definitely worth pursuing. And this also makes me think of a phrase that that Jocko Willink that he uses. He's the former Navy SEAL, hardcore kind of dude. Uh, <laughs> but he talks about how discipline equals freedom. It's going to take changing some habits. It's going to take getting more disciplined in order to not be fully dependent on your next paycheck in order to just get by. And of course, you want to take a multi-pronged approach, right? Like start off by tracking your spending, uh, start off by implementing a budget. It's a good place to start. But then cutting spending, you know, especially on some of those larger recurring items, that is crucial. And then, uh, like we talked about last week, don't stop there. Don't just only look at the different ways that you can cut back, but do consider ways that you can grow your income as well. It might take a minute. It's not going to happen overnight, but we think this is very doable. Uh, Start with an initial, maybe a more tangible goal of saving up that initial emergency fund, right? $2,467. Because again, the ability to remove yourself from living paycheck to paycheck is all about having margin in your mm-hmm. life. Uh, but then let's break down that goal into to smaller amounts, right? If you take two, four, six, seven, divide that out by 12, you're looking at $206 a month. But then let's take that one step further. Let's break that 206 down, divide that out by 31 days. You're looking at just seven bucks. That in my mind is a very doable number. Like that is a $7 number dollars per day that you need $7 per day in order exactly. to get to that point over a year where you'd have $2,467 in the bank, yep. which is where we want people to be, right? We want them to have at least that. That's the perfect starting point. Most people, if you say, can you find $7 in your budget or find a way to make seven more dollars in a day? It's it's doable, right? And I think when you put it like that, when you phrase it like that, it makes it a little more realistic, a little more accessible for a lot of people to say, wait a second. Yeah, you're right. I am living paycheck to paycheck right now, but it looks like there are there's something I can do, at least on that front. I can move the needle $7 a day. Mm-hmm. And so that's what well, you're breaking. It, yeah, breaking it down into those smaller the bits smaller bites. allows it to feel like 
you can accomplish that. And and I think, uh, you know, winning slowly on a few fronts makes a whole lot of sense. Like you can make some of those bigger changes. I talked about my dad who saved $200 a month just by changing insurance carriers. I mean, he was able to basically save almost his full emergency fund amount over a year with one phone call. And that's the kind of thing I think, take that approach and try to try to one up try to do even more than that um truly so you can escape the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle sooner but that stat it's so disappointing to see uh 64% of people saying yeah I wouldn't be able to make it we don't want you in that position because it's stressful and it's obviously terrible for when it comes to making long term financial progress mm-hmm. let's talk about um something else Matt that is fairly ludicrous in our estimation and that is bank fees. And this is something else that's, I think, preventing people from making more financial progress. I personally thought checking account fees were mostly a thing of the past, but apparently I live in an online bank bubble <laughs> that, <laughs> that isn't necessarily reality for a lot of people, but it can be. I think that's the thing that's worth mentioning. A, a recent bank rate survey found that nearly 30% of Americans still pay fees for the ability to bank with an institution. The average monthly fee is something like uh, that a user pays is something like $24 which equals $288 a year. And that's a lot of money that's being essentially flushed down the toilet, whether it's ATM fees, overdraft fees, or monthly maintenance fees. We hate them all. We don't like fees, and we want you to avoid them completely. And the thing is, it's it's not all that hard to do. Hitting the easy button really just involves leaving the big banks for a far better online bank. You can you know, read up. Uh, I, I wrote an article about our favorite online banks and how to make the switch. You can find that at howtomoney.com slash bank. But if you are like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize I am paying fees every month. That's one of those easy ways to save too, to kind of help get your personal finances back in order. Stop the leaks when it comes to bank fees. Uh, Unless it's your money, like there, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, you're, you had, you're not receiving anything tangible from that. Like yes. that's it's one thing to pay that for something else that you're receiving, but really you're not getting anything right. from that. Like that's the that's the maddening part. If that's like a round trip flight somewhere cool to visit family or yeah. whatever to take a trip. Like cool, that's great. That's a worthy worthwhile spend. I just don't want it being do it for that going out the door and. Or, you know, to, to, to pad the salaries right. of bankers wearing fancy suits. Exactly. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, right? Like, sure, some folks out there are living paycheck to paycheck because they can't bring in enough money despite working multiple jobs. Like, we realize this isn't 100% about folks picking themselves up by their bootstraps. But at the same time, a lot of folks are shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> Nearly 300 bucks a year. Like, that is a massive amount of money if you're living on the financial precipice. You, you know, you can't immediately rectify your financial position with just a single quick move like this, but making these smaller moves like banking somewhere that's not going to charge you fees for something that you're not receiving, that will add up over time, meaning that more of your money gets to stay in your account. Yeah, that's huge for sure. All right, let's talk about one other simple way to save. And this is that car insurance story, Matt, that you made mention of. You'll save a ton of money every year by shopping your car insurance around with a new provider. You can do that. A site like Policy Genius can help you out with that. You can also talk to an independent insurance agent who can help you shop around. You do it once and you get to enjoy the savings month after month. But maintaining a solid credit score might be just as important as shopping around because that can have a massive impact on your insurance premium as well. And so here's how it works. All major insurance providers in all but four states check your credit score and they adjust your rate accordingly. There are places like California where it's illegal, right? So they can't check your credit score. Uh, But in most other states, these insurance companies are checking your credit score and it's influencing your rate. And insurance site The Zebra reports that the the average difference in annual car insurance premiums between folks with a great credit score and those with a poor one 
was $1,600, which means that people with great credit scores are paying half what people with poor credit scores are paying for car insurance. It makes a big difference. Double, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And so it's like the hits just keep coming. So it's not just finding ways to save like that, but also pay attention to your credit score because that's going to have an impact on what you're paying not just for a mortgage rate, but also for that that premium every single month or every single six months. You, you don't need a perfect credit score. We've talked about that before in episode 287, but you do need to make sure your credit score is in good standing because it's going to affect your finances. That's right. Yeah. the Your FICO score, your credit score, it's more than just uh, an I love debt score, as some folks call it. <laughs> but Joel, let's talk about passive income because it is still more of a myth than reality. Uh, we talked about that very subject back in episode 353. We're doing a lot of callbacks <laughs> to previous episodes that we've done, but the Times, uh, they addressed the reality of online influencers making passive income promises uh, around the interwebs this week. And, you know, there, there's so many lofty pronouncements out there about how much money you're going to be able to make from the comfort of your couch or your, your armchair. But the reality is far from the truth. Uh, it makes me think of a tweet from friend of the show, Cody Sanchez, who we had on to talk about small businesses. But she said, anyone who says owning real estate is passive income has never owned real estate. <laughs> She's spot on because the the real estate gurus out there, they want you to think that it's easy. Uh, and specifically that their expensive course is going to teach you all that you need to know. Yeah. So you can get set for life with a passive income, working five hours a week from your bed, making millions. Exactly. But there is no magic bullet. Uh, we think that by working hard, earning more, growing the gap between what you are earning and what you're spending, and then taking that, that money that falls there in that gap and investing it regularly. And in a fairly bo- boring manner, not in crypto. <laughs> Do all that and years down the road, you just might have some passive income uh, money. It, it just doesn't flow to folks in an effort-free way, like a lot of folks want you to think it does. We want you to put in the work uh, and we think that you will get there. Um, I think there's a lot of folks too, like in the article, they talked about how it seems like it's a lot of millennials who are frustrated that they're not where they would expect to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, a lot of them were saying that, oh, I feel like I'm not where my parents were. But as I was thinking about that, like I want everyone out there to imagine the the basically the kind of lifestyle that your parents were living when they were your age. Because I, like I would be willing to bet money that you have more luxuries in your life, mm-hmm. that you travel more, that you have a bigger home than your parents did when they were your age. That's right. Versus where you are right now. Yeah. And just it's, the fact it, that cars have gotten bigger, homes have gotten bigger, and oh, travel's yeah. gotten less expensive has m- means that we're just consuming more, but it doesn't feel like we're consuming more. It doesn't more. feel like it, but we're just unwilling. I think if you want to wait 20 or 30 years and then say, okay, I will then be able to have or achieve whatever it is that my parents have now. Sure. But that's the thing. Consumers, like we are in such a uh, consumption mentality of having, let's say you are trying to strive to be like your folks. Like folks aren't willing to wait at all. They want exactly what their parents have right now in this stage of life. And they, your, your parents have like an entire generation of working and saving and making smart money moves uh, ahead of you, as opposed to just the immediate, I want it now. I want to have it my way immediately sort of mentality. Well, I don't want to make it sound like nothing's changed because I think student loan debt has become sure. a bigger thorn in the side for a lot of young folks. Like there, there are challenges that millennials face that their parents didn't face in nearly the same way. But we, you're right. We also do have more abundance and we spend differently than our parents did in a lot of ways. And we just don't factor that in because we kind of want it all. And I think that that desire really plays into what a lot of these like passive income influencers are selling on the internet. Yeah. And you're like, cool. Yeah, no, I do feel behind. And I do want that source of passive income. How do I get it? And so they pay people 
sometimes big money, or they follow those people in a guru-like fashion. And the truth is uh, the the non-sexy <laughs> route yeah. is what pays off in the end. And that's kind of what we're always talking about here on How to Money. It's it's not going to be sexy. Both the, the income generating and investing part of it, but then also the cutting back part. Because yeah. I feel like that's the part that and a lot of our generation... Overnight. A lot of is, people want it to happen really quickly. Right. But the consumption side of it, I feel like, is a, an, an the area that folks are sometimes unwilling to even consider. Yeah. They, like they want to have their cake and eat it too. They they just want to see their income grow as opposed to realizing that, oh man, if I want to achieve certain goals, there are going to be some sacrifices I have yeah. to make. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully we don't sound too much like get off my lawn, old man. But uh, it's the it's the Charlie Munger coming out of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to just like live in reality here. And I think it is, it is true. It's important to mention that a lot of these people will take some of that dispensable income that you have when it could have been better used in other places to further your financial progress in more boring ways, but that are actually time-tested and you know, are actually going to help you build wealth over time. That's right. So, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want links to some of the resources that we mentioned, you can find those, as always, up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. And also over there on the site at howtomoney.com forward slash credit cards is where you'll find our credit cards tool. There are some fantastic options there that allow you to filter all the different cards out there based on the rewards that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so if that's something that you're looking to optimize uh, some of those different cashback rewards and some of the different points, especially if you're looking at doing more travel this year, we would recommend that you check that out. Howtomoney.com forward slash credit cards. Yeah, we're actually going to talk about credit cards in detail on Wednesday. Yeah. And kind of uh, give an optimization strategy, but also just kind of talk about the polarizing climate that currently exists when people talk about credit cards in the personal finance space. So we hope to see you back here then. But Matt, that's going to do it. Everybody have a great weekend. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.